But I'm Eponine. The Altiverse, Book One. Written by Christine Zidrums. Performed by Jessica Renee Ryan. Sunrise. Regret. My fifteenth summer scurried by like a tumbleweed pushed by impish winds. Time charged forward, despite my longing to linger in June and July. The first day of school looms on the horizon. I'm not eager to return to campus, but shedding the freshman label will feel liberating. If mom wasn't already dead, she'd kill herself. Being the mother of a high school sophomore would have shattered her ego. Aging devastated her. That's why she celebrated her 30th birthday three years in a row. Thank goodness high school teachers don't make us write the dreaded How I Spent My Summer Vacation essay. In middle school and elementary school, I penned fictional melodramas. My family survived a harrowing whitewater rafting adventure through the Grand Canyon. After battling flash floods, landslides, and extreme temperatures, we returned home with a newfound gratitude for our lives. Sure. I laid it on thick, but what if I'd written the truth? My summers sucked. Mom got high every day, forcing me to care for my baby brother, Eric. My days consisted of nuking chicken nuggets, washing stinky clothes, and carrying out numerous other thankless household chores. Revealing the truth wasn't an option, My honesty would have led to social services yanking Eric and me from our home, from each other. So I lied, and although I stand by my decision, it cost me my childhood. In Love with a Wonderful High A full-blown opioid addict, Mom rarely left her bedroom during her final act, On most days, she smothered herself in a cocoon of blankets and chased Mount Everest-sized dopamine levels. Eric and I adapted to life without a full-time mother. Parental duties fell to me. YouTube tutorials taught me to sew, cook, and execute other household tasks. One afternoon, my life changed forever. My mother got high, took a nap, and never woke up. Eric and I ended up under Uncle Ian and Aunt Shavora's care. We barely knew them. It felt like strangers were adopting us, but we didn't have a say in the matter. So we moved 49 miles south to live with them in their modest three-bedroom home in Alto, California. Our new guardians showered us with affection while introducing us to curfews and bedtimes. They enforced screen time, prepared green bean casseroles, and monitored our progress at school. Eric navigated a smooth transition into our new environment. He bonded with our guardians and joined a Little League baseball team. My brother thrived at school as well. He earned stellar grades, placed second in the district spelling bee, and formed many friendships. On the other hand, Speed bumps slowed my transition. Without a household to run, an avalanche of free time descended upon me, and I struggled to fill it. Go play, Lyric, Shavora would urge me, 
Enjoy your childhood. The adults can make dinner. It stung a bit that Eric no longer needed me. The boy who'd once clung to me like a layer of skin gravitated toward his new guardians instead. He sought their wisdom with challenging homework assignments, helped them with household chores, and cried on their shoulders. After a few months, he seemed to forget that I existed. Even now, he barely interacts with me. I should have focused on school, but I didn't. Grief over losing mom suffocated me, so I scraped by with C's. Being the new girl at Alto Middle School cast an unwelcome spotlight on me. Initially, kids tried to befriend me, but my deep-rooted trust issues found me dodging friendships. Finally, after about a week, I felt pleased when my classmates forgot about me. Being a loner didn't bother me. I ate lunch alone every day. At recess time, I found sanctuary in a valley oak's shade and watched other children play games. Whenever my aunt and uncle asked about school, I replied with fervent falsehoods. I love it. Everyone is so nice. I'm having so much fun. Then I'd escape to my bedroom. In my free time, I penned emo journal entries and listened to show tunes. 35 months later, nothing has changed in my life. I'm still a cynical recluse detached from the world. Sometimes I'm alone in my bedroom when my family's laughter floats from the living room, down the hallway, and into my bedroom. They're enjoying a silly sitcom or playing a board game, and I'll consider joining them. Then I'll remember that I'm the girl whose mother rejected her. If she didn't want me, why would anyone else? Flashback, age four. Lyric, please be quiet, Mama pleaded. No, our neighbors will hear you. I don't care. I stomped my foot on each word to stress my fury. Stop that now. No, no. Stop it this instant. I clenched tiny, determined fists. No, no, no. Shut up. Mama's neck veins bulged with rage. I stopped yelling and gaped at my mama. Stop, stop, stop. She pounded her head against the living room wall. My mouth flew open in shock. Shut up! She screamed into a cloud of stillness. Mama's meltdown fascinated me. Grown-ups threw temper tantrums? Mama collapsed on the floor, losing a tan pump on her descent. Stop, 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 stop! Black, smudgy tears marred her alabaster complexion. Colored tears? Could people shed colored tears? Mama? I asked. Will you teach me how to cry pink tears? <laughs>